all men are created equal and have the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Thomas Jefferson. But are all investments created equal? Are you ready? It's the On The Money Podcast with Jerry and Nick Royer. Authors, radio show hosts, TV personalities, retirement wealth coaches. On The Money with Jerry and Nick Royer starts right now. Welcome to the On The Money with Jerry and Nick Royer podcast. This is Nick Royer and I'm coming to you live from the Group 10 Financial Studios. I'm here with uh, Dad, Jerry Royer. And I don't know about you, but I personally, I love going through old quotes. Mm. I know you do too. You have a book in your, uh, well, who would, who would put that book together? Was that Charlie Tremendous Jones? Yeah. It was his quote book? I always liked his quote about, you'll be the same today or five years from today as you are right now, except for two things, the books you read and the people you meet. And it's, isn't that amazing? Yeah. So you are who you hang around with. We teach our kids that, you know, you are who you hang around with. And, and literally here's a a guy who's um, hey, how old was he when he passed away? He He's was about 80, eighty-five. Yeah, eighty-five. Yeah. So he was working all the way up until he was eighty-five. Motivational speaker Charlie Tremendous Jones, and um, I think he lived in Pennsylvania, Mechanicsville. I think yeah, was up around Lancaster or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. he basically uh, was on TV at the end. It was his passion. It wasn't like he had to work. It was his passion to keep working. And I think uh, he was interviewed, and he just said at the camera, "I'm tired." And he went I'm home. Ready few, to go. I'm ready to go. And a few days later uh, is when he walked out on life. So a great man. We had a great chance to meet with him. But I always, I think back to him. I think back to all the the things that we can learn from the past from quotes like these. And that one quote from Thomas Jefferson stuck out just because you know we've always told people that all investments aren't created equal. You know we've even told that that the markets are not created equal. Yet there are so many different things out there. And that's what we tell people. There's so many different things. You can't look at it at it from just that one lens. Yet the Wall Street world will tell you that there's just stocks or there's just mutual funds or there's just bonds. And you all have to follow this 60-40 portfolio as if that's the only thing. And there's so much more than that. Yeah, let's look at the stock market, Nick. Obviously, the market overall has been on an upward move since 2008 2009 wouldn't you say yeah it's not it's it i mean it hasn't been a straight line up it would be nice if it was but there's ups and downs mm -hmm. it's like a roller coaster right the market certainly doesn't go up in a straight line you're right but it's overall it's been up you know i find people think that if they you know if they want to be in the market all they should do is just go out and buy one stock there's a commercial running now that uh you know most of you have heard it's saying that uh, Trump calls this the eighth wonder in the world, you know, and it's going to retire. It's the only stock you'll need for retire, but it's so secret it trades under an anonymous name. Uh-huh. <laughs> right? Broke. Yeah. B-R-K-E or something like that. I love that commercial. <laughs> so if you call the number, guess what? They're going to sell you a book to tell you what stock. And obviously that wasn't a political statement because it's, right. it's anonymous with Trump. But they're using Trump. that. That's not right. the point. The point is there's all these things. It doesn't matter the presidency that's in. You have all these companies that say, hey, we have our specific newsletter that if you follow this newsletter, you're going to be as rich as, you know, as Warren Buffett. And, um, and, and there's... You know that you got to almost look at those silver bullets just like that, a silver bullet. 
It's uh, it it probably isn't out there in existence. It's those newsletters, uh, you know, wouldn't be in existence if they didn't get you to do something or to try and find. And we've all out. bought them over the years, you know, right? Well, and 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 partly <laughs> I buy them so that I know what my clients are actually reading, right? And when I read some of these and I back test some of these things, it's like, wow, the only person making money is the person who who's uh, who's making the newsletter, yeah, because their information true. in the newsletter is actually losing people money, so. Mm. You know, but before we get to that, you mentioned something. You hit on something that uh, that the market doesn't go up in a straight line, and this is something that I call the myth of the average return. Yeah. The, okay, the S and P over the last ninety years. Ninety years. Okay. Ninety. This isn't like nine years. This is ninety. Yeah, years, nine right? zero, as in yeah. nine decades. Yeah. The average has been nine point eight percent, which I think people would say, "Hey, she's." Nine point eight percent—that's pretty good. Yeah, if I put a thousand dollars in ninety years ago and it went up nine point eight percent a year, boy, I would. Yeah, we. And it's done it over money. ninety years, so that must be pretty good. Well, let let's see how many times from two thousand to two thousand eight it actually hit nine point eight percent. Because the point with this is to say that just because it says nine point eight percent, that did it took ninety years to average that. Mm. Do you have ninety years to wait to average it again? Yeah. If the next 90 years were like the last 90 years. So what has it done between 2000 and 2000? Let's just see All how right. many times it actually hit the average of 9.8%. Okay? Okay. In 2000, it went down, the S&P 500 went down 10%. The average is 9.8. Did it hit? No. It went <laughs> no, it didn't. Right. Okay. Uh, 2001. Uh, okay. Again, the average is 9.8%. In 2001. And results? In 2001, the S&P 500 went down 13%. So did it hit it again? No. No, it was off by 20-some-odd percent. In 2002, the S&P went down 23%. Didn't did it, make it did again. It did it hit 9.8? No. No, it didn't. Now, in 2003, the S&P went up 26%. So did it, it made it. Hey. Well, it went over it. It didn't hit 9.8. It went beyond it, which right. is good. Right. But the point being, it still didn't hit 9.8%. Look at 2004. Oh, that was the closest one. 2004, the S&P 500 went up 8.99%. That is pretty darn close to that 9.8% average return. That was, that was the closest one. The following year, 2005, the S&P 500 goes up 3%. Didn't make it again. Didn't hit it. Mm -hmm. In 2006, up 13%. Made it. it. It made it. It went beyond it, but it still didn't hit 9.8%. Look at 2007. It went up three and a half percent. Didn't make it. Didn't again. make it. Two thousand and eight down thirty eight point four nine percent. It definitely didn't make nine point eight percent. So the point is, when you see these averages, it's the myth of the average return. Just because they say, well, it averages nine point eight percent, doesn't mean you're going to hit that each and every year. And what we tell people, when the studies show that if you have these wild ranges it actually hurts your probability that your money's going to last as long as you do. When you have years where it can be up 30% or down 30%, those wild ranges hurts the probability of your money lasting. Yeah, if you go back to 2000 to 2002, it went down 10, went down 13, went down 23. Add those up. That's 23, 33, 43, 47%. But it went down before it went up 26 so you're still down. Yeah, what would have happened if you were retired yeah. just then? Yeah. And here Not you are good, down huh? all the down 3 years in a row or something like that yeah. and then you're pulling money out. That's when it gets that's when it really hurts. Now, like we were talking about before, not all investments are created equal. 
there are so many different uh, strategies or different ways to invest out there. So let's just think uh, of things first. And I mean, if you organized them, let's just say we organized every investment into two categories. Category number one is the stuff that can go down in value and up in value. We would call those risk investments. What is going to be probably the riskiest of the risk investments? Stock. Stock. Stock would be at the top. You could have the potential for the biggest gains, but also the biggest losses. Okay. You know, so that's your gamble. An individual stock yeah. is what you're saying. Right. Or something that's individual into one type of cat, one, one, one company, let's say. So then you have mutual funds. Yeah, they came along back, what, in the 50s, late 50s, early 60s. And what it was basically, instead of buying one stock, you bought many. Yeah, and you buy a fund. And one was down, what they would, others would be up, and that Correct. was going to be a hedge. But still the potential for big losses, potential for bigger gains. But the but idea again, is – the trade-off is you could lose. But the idea is inside that mutual fund, you can buy one mutual fund, and there might be four or 500 companies that are invested inside that one mutual fund. Yep. So it's less risky than a stock. I mean, we think about a stock. I think about <laughs> General uh, Motors. I think about – uh, you know, I think about Enron, you know, here are two companies that if you own that specific stock, when those companies went belly up, you lost everything. Eastern Airlines. Yeah. But if you had the mutual fund and, and maybe that one Enron stock is part of that mutual fund. Yeah. That mutual fund goes down in value, but hopefully not every company in there went belly up either. Yep. So then you got, so, so stocks are the riskiest. You got mutual funds next. What do you got after that? You'd have the variable annuity and Back, oh, annuities are safe. Come yeah, on. 50, 50, <laughs> 54 years ago, uh, when I started in this business, you had annuities, period. You know, and they called them retirement deferred annuities. People put money in, they put it in for a number of years, and then they started taking income out. Well, they were doing so good back in the, in the 60s that mutual fund companies said, wait a minute, let's take a mutual fund and put it under the umbrella of an annuity. We can charge fees on it just like, you know, uh, we do on our, well, on our it's stocks. It's going to be in that. the market, so there's risk. And it's going to be in the market, and we'll call it a variable annuity. So what they did is they sold it on the idea that if you walk out on life, it's basically a probate avoidance vehicle, but it had all the risk that was associated with a mutual fund, and they could charge a fee two ways for the mutual fund that was inside of it and a fee for selling the uh, the product yeah for whatever riders in there and all that stuff too we've seen you know fees on these buggers that could be as high as five six percent a year yeah you think about it you got administration Mm -hmm. fees you've got mortality and expense fees you've got uh, income rider fees death rider fees uh, fund fees, turnover fees. You know, fees. the one fee that I haven't seen on it, it the, the account value decline fee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that it, because well, that's what it ends up happening, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah it, it, it helps decline that value. I mean, it does hurt. <laughs> and, and it's, you know, I mean, you think about it. I've had people come in and say, well, you know, I got this variable annuity years ago with this other guy. What do I do with it? It doesn't seem like I'm going anywhere. And it's because, well, yeah, you've got a 4.5% fee and you've averaged 4%. Yeah. So you're going backwards because of the fees like higher. Trout swimming you, right, exactly. Yeah. So so you got this variable annuity and again, you know, I I think annuities they're synonymous people have thought, well, annuities must be you know, they grew up thinking they were safe and then this variable annuity comes out and they still think, well, variable annuity because annuities are safe, they must be safe and that is a myth. That is an absolute myth. Next category I would say is bonds, right? So bonds are generally 
you know, there's less growth potential than a stock or a mutual fund, but it is going to have risk, but less risk than a stock or a mutual fund. And generally. again, it's still linked to the markets, right? Because you, you where sell do you them in the sell stock it? market. You can't walk over to Publix and say, hey, I'm going to sell this bond or buy groceries and here's my bond. You, no, you got to, it's marketed on. Yeah, it's it's marketed there, but that's what a lot of people say. Well, I'm I bonds are safe. No, no, they're just less risky than stocks and mutual funds. Generally. And there are good ones and there's bad ones, but again, you just have to really be cautious. So don't make a mistake of thinking bonds are safe. They aren't. Even when we're creating a plan for people, you know, we're very clear. Hey, stocks are the most aggressive. Bonds are more conservative, but it still has risk. Then you've got cash. So we're moving, we're, we're going from the things that have highest growth potential and risk, being stocks, mutual funds, variable annuities, bonds. Now we're in the middle, cash. Well, growth potential of cash is... Nil. Survey says... Yeah. <laughs> survey says nothing. It's kind of like putting it in the sugar bowl. Yeah, yeah so, but... You know, hey, I, but you're I, not going to lose anything. But you are, in a way, losing because you're losing the value of what you could have possibly earned. You know, I call this yellow money, right? <laughs> so green money is is money that you can grow safely. Red money is risk money that can lose value. And then I've got cash and CDs. I stick that in the yellow bucket, and people are like, "Well, it's not. Why would you put that in yellow? Like that's risky." I'm like, "Well, no, you just lose money safely. <laughs> okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're ending up doing with that." So you're going backwards. Interest rates, uh, if uh, inflation's at 2% and you earn nothing, like you said, nil, then I just went backwards 2%. Mm -hmm. So I'm losing money safely. That's why I call it the yellow bucket. But you got cash. These are things that are principal protected, uh, but have some upside potential, a tenth of a percent or whatever it is. CDs. CDs, certificates of depreciation, because... They just come oh, out. Oh, come with, on now! They just come out with inflation being two point eight percent, and that's not including gas, which we just talked about on the radio program. And that was it. Gas was two dollars, then it went to two seventy five, which was a forty percent increase. Yeah. Okay. So, so okay, you got CDs, uh, certificate of depreciation. You called it official name is certificate of deposit yeah, because you're not earning the interest rate on the CD. So you're going backwards there. Yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah, you are. So then the next category, so that would be principal protected, but offer more growth potential than a cash bucket. Mm -hmm. So you got cash, then you got CDs that have more earnings potential, but still principal protection. Then you got fixed annuities. Those are offered through insurance companies, kind of like a CD, I guess, in, in the fact that they might say, hey, you can earn, you know, three and a half percent for five years. So usually better interest rates. Um, but it's a fixed rate. It's, you know, three and a half percent for five years. At the end of five years, here's your money back. Go figure something else out. Um, it's it's it fits because it can actually work a little bit better than CDs. But what ended up happening is even fixed annuities companies came out and said, well, hey, you know, um, let's offer something that uh, people can have a better chance for return, but with no downside risk. And they came out with something called an indexed annuity which is generally an, an example of this would be something that's linked to the market, uh, linked in that it might track the S&P 500. The mm -hmm. S&P 500 goes up 6%. Maybe you go up 4 You don't go up everything is what I'm trying to say. You don't gain at all. Right? You, don't gain, you, you don't get it all, but you don't get any of the downside either. Uh, if the market goes down 50%, you just get a goose egg for the year. So there's these different things that if you're looking at principal protection, cash isn't get you anything. CDs might get you more. Fixed annuities might get you more than CDs. And then you have these index annuities that still protect your principal but might get you more return than a fixed annuity or a CD or cash. 
So there's this continuum of investments that people should be invested in. And that's why I'm saying earlier that not all investments are created equal. But even how you invest in the market is different, too. I want to go back to that. We talked about stocks. But how you invest in the stock market makes a big can difference. be completely different. Just just saying, well, I'm just going to buy a stock. Well, that's what is the strategy for how you're doing it? And there's probably two ways. Let's talk about the first way. I know that <laughs> <laughs> this is something that we will have meetings and dad will just say, you know, you can't really call it that because it's called this. So why don't you just say what those two words are? Well, basically, passive investing, passive investing. became, yeah, it became the buy and hold, they call it. But we've kind of, it's morphed into buy and hope. That's what we yeah. call it in the office. Yeah. It's kind of buy and hope. It's kind of like that old Ron Popeil uh, rotisserie, you know, set it and forget it. That doesn't work when it's your retirement. You've got to be able to shift gears and protect those assets that you work so hard for. So it's kind of that, you know, a buy and hold or a buy and hope is, uh, you know, it, it, you hang on to the big swings. You're supposed to hang on no matter how far it falls. You don't make any changes. You're passive. You, you buy it and you're done. And, um, you know, that, that's one way of investing. It's hard for people to do that when it comes to their retirement. Um, so that's why another alternative out there that a lot of people don't know about and a lot of people don't use is what's called tactical. Mm -hmm. um, that's where there's alterations made to a portfolio. Uh, with the whole goal of trying to limit catastrophic large drawdowns. I think about it as a circuit breaker. You know, good, okay. good comparison. And I, and I know if you've heard this, I, I mentioned this from time to time as a circuit breaker. Imagine, you know, you have a, uh, something going on in your house that's heating up a circuit. Well, you don't want your house to burn down. So the circuit pops So the circuit pops and it shuts off that one right. area, right? Same thing with your portfolio. You want circuit breakers set on. So if there's something that happens in the market, you have a circuit breaker that can flip that switch off and move defensive in that portfolio. And then when everything is okay and, that, and, it, and everything is all clear, you can flip that switch back on. And so that's what we call tactical. And then with what we're dealing with right now, with the markets being at all-time highs, these types of strategies make more sense than a buy and hold strategy. It's hard to buy and hold when you're buying in at market peaks. Ten years, we've had a market up. And so uh, if someone is, is looking at that specific style investing, um, you know, whether it's passive or tactical or that continuum we were talking about of all the different investments, my question is, if somebody says, well, I really jive with that strategy, should they put 100% of their money in any one investment or any one strategy i wouldn't think so i think you'd have to have diversification you can put some into that program that you just can't live without but you need to protect it if something happens this is something we call the fiscal house um, the fiscal house is something that we created to help people figure out how they should properly diversify their money and we actually put it together a free report called building your fiscal house to weather the elements and it goes over what this foundation walls and roof and i'll mention this briefly here but um, you can go to our podcast website, which is www.onthemoneyshow.com, and you can download the free report for this, uh, right from this podcast for this Building Your Fiscal House report. And in a nutshell, uh, the foundation walls and roof, when we, when we teach people to diversify and how to allocate their money, the first thing that we do is we do it like we would build a house. When you build a house, the very first part of that house that you build is the foundation. That would be the money that the, the whole definition of it is don't lose money. Right. You put that money in there, it's principal protected, don't lose. Doesn't mean you're going to get all the gains either. That's why it's foundational. The opposite of the foundation is the roof. That would be your risk money. 
the stuff that can go up and, and that, the stuff and, that can go and down. Right here in, in River City, when there's a, a, a tornado or a or a uh, hurricane, you saw almost that earthquake. Yeah, yeah. but look what <laughs> happens here. with those uh, with the roof. Yeah, you know, you but, don't hang out up there. You no. go down into the into the foundation, right? You get low to the foundation. Same thing here. Is your roof money? Is your wrist money? You don't put everything there. You put some of it there. So you have your foundation. That's your that's your you don't lose money. You have your roof money, which is your growth risk money. And then you have the money in between the two, which is what we call the walls. The walls doesn't have as much risk as the roof, but not as much safety as the foundation. And the idea should be that you diversify your money across the foundation, the walls, and the roof. But yet I find so many people, Dad, I know you see this too, where what they will do is literally take all their money and buy it and buy a handful of stocks. And that's like putting all your money in the roof, and and even worse yet, that's like buying five shingles on that roof. That's like the guy up a hundred bucks in his pocket, and that's all he has to his name, and he's going to go out and buy a hundred dollars worth of lottery tickets, <laughs> right? It yeah. doesn't make a lot of sense. You no, know, yeah. and and so that's why we talk about diversification. And again, that free report called "Building Your Fiscal House to Weather the Elements" is something that you can get for free. Just go to www.onthemoneyshow.com and you can download that. And another resource as we're wrapping up here that you can get is our On the Money Retirement Toolkit. And included in that toolkit is a copy of our new book called Diffuse, The Seven Steps to Saving Your 401k from the IRS. And how to get that toolkit shipped to your door is all you have to do is just text us and we'll ship that box of retirement tools along with the book at no cost to you. We'll even pay the shipping cost to get that to your door. So just text the word retire to 31996. Again, that's text the word retire, R-E-T-I-R-E, to 31996. Uh, so again, you know, we're going to wrap up here, but that that's where you can go, onthemoneyshow.com for all the free downloads. And we're going to be back again next week. And I want to thank you all for tuning into the podcast. Uh, you know, take the, take the message, you know, go over these resources, study these resources, and then let us know how we can help. If you have any questions, you can reach out to us here. And that number is 800-245-0546 here at the office. That's 800-245-0546. And don't forget, share these podcasts as well with your friends and family. And until then, I want to thank you once more for your time, this time, until next time. So long, everyone. You've been listening to the On The Money with Jerry and Nick Royer podcast. Catch new episodes every week to discover the latest retirement strategies and tips for retiring well from Jerry and Nick. To subscribe to the podcast, head to onthemoneyshow.com. That's onthemoneyshow.com. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Group 10 Financial and Brookstone Capital Management are independent of each other.